the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Grace and peace to you and welcome to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Ozaro of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. Now this is a church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for and then find it to the full. And that's what Jesus said in John 10.10. And today in this series called Bridges, Sean wants us to cross over the bridge to true love. If you have a Bible nearby, open it to 1 John chapter 3 and 4. This is Real Life Radio. Well, I want to continue the Bridges series. And you understand there's something implied. The whole idea of Bridges is going from here to there. And that implies that here is not good enough. Do you understand that? And some people are like, oh, you need to be content. And yes, I need to be content with what I have. I don't think I need to be content with what I am. Because growth, by its very nature implies change. Maturity implies change. The idea is we're here, but God has more. God has deeper truths. God has greater revelation. God has greater manifestation that he wants us to enjoy just in him. That's just the way it goes. And if we're not careful, we can get so comfortable here, even when it's even when it's like not necessarily great. I've seen people just because change is change, be willing to accommodate and live in some pretty negative situations rather than take the steps that God offers, that he calls them in, to grow and mature and experience what he has for us. Because the word gives us a beautiful picture of what there looks like. And some people get so frustrated, and they may be frustrated here, they don't even know there is a there. Well, that's what this series is all about. God created us for something amazing. He designed us to live a particular way that would bring life. In fact, he called it abundant life. We call it real life. So often, and it's not just out there, so often in here, we're living short of what God called us to and what he designed us for. And so we're going to look at some biblical bridges through this series that God's designed to help take us from here to there. The first one, remember, was the bridge to a new vision. And we saw the bridge to a new vision is an encounter with the ultimate visionary. It all begins with an encounter with God through Jesus Christ. Because he did create us, he designed us, and he created us for abundant life. He has a vision, we saw, he has a unique plan and vision for every single one of us. And so many people go, well, that's, I'm sure he's got a vision for leaders and for, you know, different kind of people, but not for me. No, that's not what the scripture says. He has a plan and a purpose for every single one of us. And in an encounter with him, he wants to reveal that to us and lead us to abundant life. We also saw the bridge to your sweet spot. And this is a little bit counterintuitive, I think, for some people. The bridge your sweet pot spot is, a, is the bridge marked surrender. The bridge marked surrender. Because when you surrender to the designer and the creator, you find that place that you were designed, where your gifts and the things that you, you thrive in and your heart and your passion and the need that's out there all intersect and you find that place because that's the way God designed it and he designed you. And it comes through surrender in him. Last week... I want to commend all you who are here. Some of you, whenever you hear the preacher's going to talk about finances, uh, you ditch and, you know, you know who you are. But a bunch of you didn't. Thank you. God bless you. 
And we learned about the bridge to financial freedom because we saw that is God's design for us, his intention. The bridge to financial freedom is the bridge marked trust. And trust is a big deal. Some of us struggle with trust. Trust is something you actually kind of have to act on. When you put your trust in something, it's visible, observable. And we learned that God's desire for us is, when it comes to this area of finances, freedom, prosperity, and purpose. And we had to be careful with that word prosperity because some people think, oh, God wants my finances to be prosperous. That means he wants me to be rich. It's not necessarily true. We saw we have to be very careful. We can't equate prosperity. God wants to prosper your finances and prosper you regardless of how much or how little you have in the bank. And that's absolutely what he can do and desires to do. It's a very powerful idea. And that he wants to give us purpose and meaning. And a lot of people struggle with that. They think, well, if I surrender my financial future to God, he wants me to be poor and miserable because that'll be good for my character. And I, I just don't see that in the scripture. What I will say is we learned in this issue of trust that God has some principles. We learned four specific principles that if we'll trust him in this, do we trust his wisdom? It'll absolutely transform how we interact with this area of finances. And we looked at the principles of earning, contentment, generosity, and stewardship. Got a lot of feedback from folks that that was a helpful and a timely word for them because they were in a place where the financial thing was pressing in or getting out of hand. This week, I want to talk about the bridge to true love. The bridge to true love. Anybody want true love out there? Four of you. Good, good. good. The rest of you are like, no interest. Nothing. I'm good. You're lying because everybody wants to be loved. Everybody wants to be loved. Everybody wants to give love. That's just the way we're wired. It's part of us. And you just observe and look around. And you watch the great lengths people go to to find love to give love. And it's all because we're actually wired that way. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. We read, The Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. And every woman in the room goes, Oh, that's true. You can't trust them. You don't know what they do. And they're alone. They leave the food out. It's a mess. It's just not good. While that may be true, that's not actually what the Scripture is saying because it says it's not good for the man to be alone. And God says, I will make a helper suitable for him, a partner, a counterpart, so he won't be alone. That's the answer. And I mean, the fact is, there's something in every one of us that knows that. We're created for love. We're created to be in relationship. And man, when it comes to that issue of true love, this kind of love, man, we can get crazy. I remember Lori and I grew up together. Okay, and not grew up, but I mean, we knew each other. I, I knew her when she was a kid. She knew me just out of high school. Our families were in a small group together. She's five years younger than I am. So I knew her when she was a kid. She actually, for a brief time, dated my younger brother. I mean, so our families, we knew each other, the whole thing. And one day, she's, when she was in college, she was going to Trinity here. Our families were going to go do something. It was like a holiday, but she had to work on a project at school with a group at school, so she couldn't go. I had to work. And I couldn't go. So some friends of mine were doing something later on in the afternoon after I got done with work and she got done with the deal. I said, well, you want to come? Said, oh, sure. So I went and picked her up. She gets in the car and all of a sudden something funny kind of started to happen. Because I'm like, that's a girl. 
Now, I knew she was a girl, but she was little Lori Newman. You know, she was friends with my younger, my younger brother and his crowd. That's, she was part of All of a sudden, she's in my car. She's really pretty. And I'm like, she's really a girl. We had an awesome day. I had fun with my friends, had dinner. We went and got, went, got coffee, talked for hours. It, it's that feeling where you know, where you're so excited because I'm like, dude, I absolutely love this girl. And I'd known her. In fact, I told my brother at one point, don't mess that up because that's a sharp girl. But it was not on my radar. All of, but all of a sudden I had that feeling. And it wasn't just, wow, I really like her. It was that sobering feeling of, holy cow, she could be the one. I had, this was different. And so we, I remember we spent all kinds of time together. We spent any waking hour that we had, we spent time together. I would go, I, it didn't matter if I had to get up at five o'clock for work the next morning. It didn't matter. I, I'd be at her house till two in the morning, drive home happily. You know, I don't need sleep. I'm in love. Sleep is for the week, you know. I don't need that. You, know, you get crazy when you get love because it's so awesome and you know that you're, that's what you're supposed to be experiencing. Sometimes it goes overboard. People do stupid things. In fact, there is an entire website dedicated to stupid things that people do for love. One poor girl writes, when my boyfriend went to France on a six-month student exchange, I thought it'd be great if I surprised him four months in. <laughs> Just, I could stop there and move on, okay? <laughs> I spent 4000 on booking a fancy hotel room, flights, all of that. When I got there, he revealed he'd met another girl and had been with her for the past couple of months. I ended up $4,000, poor, brokenhearted, and alone. And then she writes, oh, well, at least Paris is beautiful. So she kind of bounced back pretty quickly. She loved the crepes. A guy writes, I was head over heels in love with this girl, but found out through a friend she didn't find me attractive. Now, I'd had my braces on for four years, and my teeth were perfectly straight, so I figured it was time. So I took my own braces off with nail clippers. I'm sorry. I respect him. If that makes me odd, I'm just like, that's a man who knows what he wants. Oh, get these off. Good for you. Good for you. Another guy says, in high school, a girl I had a wicked crush on told me I'd look good with a shaved head. Ladies, stop it. Stop it. That's manipulation and it's wrong. Some guy's crazy about you and you know it. Yeah, you look good with a shaved head. So I went home and shaved it to where I looked like Mr. Clean. When I went to school the next day, she didn't even really notice. Oh, I think she noticed. He says, I kept it the rest of high school, though, and, had, and gained the nickname Gandhi. Good times, good times. So it wasn't all bad, you know. In April 2010, the English woman learned that the man she loved had been keeping a huge secret from her. He already had a long-term girlfriend. She was totally devastated. Sobbing, she turned to YouTube and began posting video diaries, 62 of them, about her heartbreak and her efforts to recover. She gained a loyal following of 11,000 viewers, including her ex who decided he wanted her back. So, you know, if it doesn't go well, go to YouTube. That'll always do it. And this last one, I thought this was pretty interesting. Uh, James Doyen was worried about his mom, whose name was Sandy Firth. After going through a divorce in 2003, the 63-year-old grandmother of four just couldn't meet the right man, and she was really lonely. So the dutiful son decided to take charge of the situation by selling her, sort of, on eBay. 
True story. Doyen put a flattering photo of his mother along with these words. My Yiddish mama for sale. Beautiful, great cook, educated, articulate, family-focused, caring, priceless. The starting price, one British pound. They were, of course, English. The ad went on to describe Firth as being in used condition, but in pretty good working order, with no real defects or signs of wear and tear. My mother would have killed me on that one. That would have been game over, okay? He went on to say she is stylish and loves to wear the latest fashions, and then goes, sometimes forgetting her age. At first, his mom, Firth, was stunned to be on eBay, but then she warmed to the idea. My son's very innovative, she told the British newspaper, the Daily Mail. I've had some rotten times, and he's always been through them with me. Now, shortly after the ad went up in June of 2010, eBay pulled it because it violated the auction site's policy against, I quote, human, selling human remains and body parts. So, you can't do that, it, it seems. So yeah, people will do nutsy stuff because this need for love, and when it's not working through the regular channels, people will just do stuff. Love can make people crazy because, man, it is not good for man to be alone. And that's the truth. That's what God said. We want to take a quick minute to remind you you're listening to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in this series called Bridges. And if you'd like to hear the full unedited message or even watch the video podcast from Pastor Sean, it's available right now on demand on the sermon page at the River City website called reallife.org. And if you think you'd like to visit River City, here's your invitation from Pastor Sean. Do you ever look at your life and feel like you were made for something more? Jesus made a simple statement. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you abundant life, real life. I talk to a lot of people, and many seem to feel like they're settling for a whole lot less. Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church, and we are so convinced that we were made for something better. We call ourselves a church for real life. I'd like to invite you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings, which are an exciting and artistic blend of music, reflection, and practical insights, all designed to explore the life that God meant for us. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Otama Park. Service times are Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 9.30 and 11.15 a.m. River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out more, visit us online at reallife.org. God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church. And let's return to this message called The Bridge to True Love. This is Real Life Radio. I think there's three common enemies to love that we bump into. I see them as a pastor. I see them in people's lives. And you probably recognize them in friends or family, people you care about. You see them manifest because they're pretty visible when they're there in someone else. They're not necessarily as visible when they're resident in us. But these three common enemies, the first is what I'll call neediness. And that may seem a little harsh, but you know what I mean when I say that. There's this desperation, trying to meet all of your needs in this person. And it's like this desperate desire to have a relationship, or it can even be a friendship. It becomes almost a little bit of a fatal attraction kind of thing. And everybody around can see it. And it actually has quite a repellent effect. The idea is another person can't really make it all okay, but when this issue of neediness and this 
the strong need to connect to someone in spite of where they may be at, it creates a problem. Another common enemy of love, I think, is just selfishness. You know, we all have a a sin nature in us and have the capacity to be self-centered, obviously. And we all struggle with that. But sometimes what I'm talking about is an going overboard, focusing on self at the expense of others, and it's always a relationship killer. It can manifest itself in thoughtlessness, unusual thoughtlessness. Someone who you're in relationship with or friendship you supposedly care about, but you're just selfishly and thoughtlessly hurting them. Carelessness. And I don't just mean the accidental thing. When I say careless, I mean without care. You don't care. And that is always a relationship killer, selfishness will always create a divide. How about protectionism? Have you ever known someone who'd been hurt or wounded and had kind of put up a armor of self-protection? It's generally based in fear of some kind. Someone who's been wounded, someone who's angry, and the idea is never again. Never again, and this wall goes up, and it's a stiff arm. And you've known people who really desire companionship, friendship, relationships. But that protectionism always keeps getting in the way. I've seen this protectionism, the fear and the anger go to even broader extremes where it goes beyond the defense and it kind of can go on the offensive. That's where I think things like prejudice come in. Racism. You ever seen something like that in racism or something like that where you just go, how can someone have so much hate and ill will towards someone who's never hurt them. They have no, they have nothing. Where does that come from? It's that same place of hurt and anger and lack. And there's a lashing out, trying to, in some way, if I put everyone else down in some perverse way, it picks me up. It's all a very similar root. All these can damage Love and relationship. It really, in any form, it can be romance, it can be friendship, it can be family relationships. These kind of things, that was close. These, these, I'm ADD, it's a problem, don't laugh at me. (laughs) These kind of things can be an absolute relationship killer anywhere that they manifest. I also want to suggest that I think all of these stem from a surprisingly similar place. And it's a fear place that says I'm not okay. I'm not whole, if you will. I'm not, I'm not well, or at least at peace. I'm not going to get mine. So I've got to do whatever it takes to take care of number one. I've got this hole that I'm trying to fill with relationships and it manifests itself in one of these three things. And what I want to say to you is God's got something absolutely different that I want to suggest is the secret to true love. And that if we walk out what the Word's going to show us today, it has the potential to radically transform every single relationship that we're engaged in, whether that be romantic, friendship, family, whatever it is. So if you have your Bibles, turn to 1 John chapter 4. I'm going to start reading at verse 7. This is John's epistle. It's not his gospel. It's his epistle, and he's writing a letter to churches. And in this section, he says, beginning at verse 7, he says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. 
Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Did you just hear that? Two things. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. One of the things that breaks my heart is there are a lot of people who aren't a part of the church anywhere. And the reason is because they have found the church to be unloving. And I know there's some criticism that is unjust that goes towards the church, but sadly there's some that's not. And it is one of the great ironies and tragedies that anywhere the church of Jesus Christ would be considered a place that's not loving. Because the scripture just says, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. So in other words, if you're saying, oh, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ and I'm, I'm a child of God and I'm representing him, but you're, you don't have love, the scripture says you're kidding yourself. Somebody's got a self-deception problem going on. And I find that phrase interesting, God is love. That's such a powerful phrase. The scripture doesn't throw that around carelessly, you know. You won't read that God is hope. He gives hope, but you don't read that God is hope necessarily. You don't read necessarily that God is faith. He gives faith. He is faithful. But what you read is God is love. You understand how love, this whole thing is the bottom line. That's what this all is about. This whole faith of ours, everything we do is all rooted and grounded in love. We, we talk about it so, so much. I want us to ha- maybe today put on some fresh lenses for a little bit and look at this idea of God's love because it's almost like assumed. Oh, yes, of course, God loves us. God is love. Yeah, when John was writing that, that wouldn't have been the case. He's presenting something that these readers would have read with a fresh kind of awe. And he goes to great lengths to help us understand this. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. It says, first of all, that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And the penalty, the just penalty, that is death. Jesus Christ came. God sent his son Jesus Christ came, lived a sinless life, so no death penalty of his own, and gave his life on the cross for us out of pure love. That's what the scripture says. An atoning sacrifice for our sins. In other words, he paid for our sins. Verse 11, dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Now, no one's ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. In other words, you want to know how to express love to Father? Love. One, in the body, one another in the body of Christ because his spirit is in them. He's saying, you want to show love to me? Show it to my children, the brothers and the sisters. Verse 13, we know that we live in him and he in us because he's given us his spirit. And we've seen and testified that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God, God lives in him and he in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. Again, he says, God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. In this way, love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment because in this world we are like him because he's filled us. Verse 18, I love this passage. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. 
The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Verse 19, we love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he's a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother whom he's seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And he's given us this command, whoever loves God must also love his brother. Now, that connection is so powerful. I want us not to miss it. This connection between the love of God and our love for one another. This is the point. I want you to grab this. There is this connection between how much God has loved us and our ability to love one another. Here's the idea. It's that I am loved, so I love. I'm loved, so I love. Verse 11 said, Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Verse 19 said it again in a different way. We love because He first loved us. I am loved, so I love. That's the idea. So if you're taking notes, I want you to write this idea down because this is so transformative. The bridge to true love is the bridge marked wholeness. It's the bridge marked wholeness. The reason I can't love in and of myself is because there is this hole inside and it manifests itself. Neediness, selfishness, protectionism, all kinds of other ways that we haven't mentioned. The secret to being able to love differently and receive and give love is wholeness. And what John just went to great lengths to show us is that wholeness is found in the love of God. The bridge to true love is the bridge marked wholeness. Wholeness is found in His love. And then the bridge to true love is found in wholeness. Thank you, Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Real Life Radio in this series called Bridges. And if you'd like to hear the full unedited message and this whole series, it's available right now as a free download when you find the sermons link at reallife.org. But of course, you're always invited to come and visit us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park. You can see all the details, directions, and service times, including the new Saturday night service, also at the website reallife.org. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262. As Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church, and we hope you join us again next time for more Real Life. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.